Welcome to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. We look at revitalization in real time, examining the ups and downs of revitalizing and replanting historic and legacy churches throughout New England and the U.S. Now here's your hosts. Hey everyone, sorry it's Don. I am actually recording uh, in my parsonage apartment right now. Um, my, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot right now. Uh, I had finals last week with, uh, two classes and began a class. So if you've ever done, uh, Midwestern online, you know what I'm, uh, what I'm going through on that. So, uh, I apologize for the lack of new episodes the last few weeks. It has been really difficult. Um, Eric, full disclosure, uh, I we've been waiting for him to have time to come on and kind of explain things, but he is uh, back teaching, and um, actually, it, it's been an interesting transition for both of us because both of us uh, are teachers. You know, both of us are, are teachers on different levels, but um, he. Uh, has basically um, stopped his uh, theology degree, you know, his, his MDiv, to focus, pick up back his um, education degree. And uh, that's what he's focusing on because um, the, the first church, uh, he, he could have continued to accept a payment from them, but in all... Um, good conscious he could not so he decided that he was going to go back to work um there's a few other factors there which i'm not at liberty to really give at this moment but there are some things there and uh he just wanted to get back into the workforce so he um he's uh taken up the the mantle back of being a science teacher and um, so uh, it's going to be difficult because he's going to be beginning his education with that. And he's also uh, doing summer school um, beginning next week. So uh, his time is going to be really limited right now. But, um, you know, for me, uh, it's the same thing. And uh, we had been keeping up for a while. My wife has actually been um, with me uh, wanting to chomp at the bit. She's had a couple of ideas for episodes, but, um, my schedule just would not let us even have like a day to, to sit down and record two or three of those episodes and then upload those. But we will be getting back to that. Um, shortly we, we have some ideas for some episodes and, um, those will, those will happen. But, uh, in the meantime, this is a solo episode. Uh, I like I said, I, I had um, adjustments. Let's say with um, last week. I mean, I've I'm just really exhausted uh, mentally, uh, physically. I just I, I took a nap. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you the date. It's Saturday right now, and um, I got up and I did some stuff. I'm fighting. I have either gout or arthritis right now in my um, right foot. I have two toes that are really hurting me. 
Um, seems like when I put the shoe on, it really helps. But um, I've had a little bit of swelling in that area, and uh, it's been tough to walk around. I've had this pain before, and it goes away after some days, but um, this has been the time where I think this is like the third or fourth day now that I've had it, and so, um, you know, if it, if it continues uh, come Monday, Tuesday, I'll go make an appointment to uh, see the doctor. But anyway, uh, enough of enough of our personal things. Um, you came here to hear me uh, speak on revitalization, and normally that is a topic that I want to cover. But um, I think we have to cover this. This is this this subject is in the news right now, and um, I think I don't I don't know if it's a hot button. And, and by hot button, I mean, I don't know if people are feeling offended or attacked by the people who this has come up about, but it really is something to discuss um, on a number of levels. And now I've talked to Eric, and when I say talk, um, you know, he and I have communicated, he's called me uh, on his way back from um, school or, or something this week where um, he's been able to talk to me for like a half hour. And it's been something on his mind. It's been something on my mind. I would have loved to have had him here because he really had some good insights to say about the topic. But we're going to talk about um, pastor plagiarism and uh, borrowing of sermons. Now, here is the thing I want to get at on this. So, when we look at pastor plagiarism, what we mean is um, you are taking verbatim a sermon. Um, it's one thing to not cite a source in uh, a sermon. It happens. I'm sure it happens. It's happened to me from time to time. Um and I'm like, oh, I should have, should have given credit to, you know, Calvin or whoever it was who said that, that line. But what happens is uh, we got we to gotta think back. Now, pastor plagiarism is nothing new. Um, there have been cases throughout, uh, I think, the last decade where we have seen it, where pastors have um, just copied sermons. And uh, there are videos out there. You can go on YouTube and look it up right now. In fact, um, before this topic, these two gentlemen, who I will name momentarily, uh, before these two gentlemen had the um, case, there was, uh, ironically, a case in, involving Mark Driscoll. Now, Driscoll, as you may know, um, a few years ago, he was accused of plagiarizing in his books. Uh, last couple of books he had written. And what ended up happening with that was he, you know, those books were pulled off shelves. Good. Um, I believe some, some money was paid to the people that, um, some, some very 
intuitive people had discovered the material was stolen from or borrowed from, whatever you want to say. Um, but the fact was this, this kind of was the end of Driscoll with Mars Hill and that whole situation that just imploded. Well, Driscoll is back. He's preaching at a church in Arizona. I believe it's Trinity Church. Uh, might be Trinity Community Church. I'm not sure, but he is not the one who stole the sermon. There was probably now about a month or two months ago, a video that surfaced where a pastor at a church, some part of the country, basically stole not one, but a few of Driscoll's sermons. And somebody had actually uh, been smart enough, you know, and what I mean by that is I don't know how really somebody has the time to take a couple of videos and splice them together with the um, way that we see how uh, these sermons line up. But anyway, there's about a five-minute video out there where Driscoll is preaching um, two, maybe three sermons, and um, there is material that this pastor verbatim is saying. So this is nothing new. This is nothing new, but now comes uh, newly elected Southern Baptist Convention President Ed Linton, uh, uh, Litton. And uh, you guys know we, we had him on here. Uh, we interviewed him. Um, you know, full disclosure, nice guy. I, I will say that. You know, he's a nice guy. Um, I may not agree with everything um, that he, he says and does, but, you know, that's part of being, um, you know, autonomous. That's part of... Uh, a denomination, if we want to call ourselves a denomination, uh, where we um, have different thoughts and, and philosophies uh, come through. Now, um, the thing is, is that there was a sermon last, I want to say Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so I'm, I'm looking, I think it was probably about the 20... The 24th, maybe 25th, um, that this sermon came up. No, 20, 27th, I think. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here. Today's the third. So it was, it was last Wednesday though, which was about the 24th, 25th, somewhere in there. And the sermon came up, um, where, uh, it was speaking on Romans 1. And J.D. Greer, uh, they played it first. J.D. Greer uh, seemingly is the one that, uh, and I'm saying, I mean, we know some of the facts, at least about this sermon. But the um, sermon came up, and um, what ends up happening is the sermon, is, they play it, and it's pretty much word for word. Um, Greer and Lytton. Um, the only slight difference is the use of going to a temple where Greer talks about it in first person 
and Lytton gives the um, credit to uh, Keller, which raised some people's questions of whether or not they both stole this sermon from, um, not Keller, um, Tripp, Paul David Tripp. Um, so that's what some people were questioning. And it just really, um, it was something where that neither Greer nor Lytton could um, really hide from. What ends up happening in this is uh, both of them released statements on Friday, uh, last Friday. So, I don't know, that's about the 28th, I want to say. Um, 28th, 20, yeah, 20, 27th, I believe, 27th. And so they released this statement. Um, they released the statement. They said, Hey, this is what it is. Um, Greer, I believe Greer's was first. And it basically said that Lytton had approached him, said, I'm going to be preaching, uh, uh, my own series. I really liked how you handled this and could I, um, you know, borrow some stuff or use some stuff. And Greer said he gave him permission and sent him all the material. So, you know, okay, we cannot accuse him of, um, out and out plagiarism, I guess, but it's one of those things where, you know, that happened, and then uh, Lytton came out and basically said the same thing, and it seemed like it was going to be it. There's a lot of people that were calling. Um, you know, I was calling myself. I was I was active on social media on um, Twitter and, you know, asking because, hey, you know, um my church's money goes to the corporate program and other things. And um, that's what we were trying to find out. We were trying to find out what was going on. You know, what what is really going on here? Because, you know, it's just, it, it, there is um, something, it, you know, it becomes something when, integrity is becoming an issue. And that was the thing. You have to question the integrity of the person, even if they are, you know, your, your uh, denomination's president, you have to call in their integrity. Anyway, long story short, now, uh, here it is Saturday, uh, just over a week later, and in, within the last few days, uh, what has happened was at that time, uh, I don't know, it was about 140 sermons disappeared off of Lytton's Church's YouTube channel. Those disappeared, but now there are groups that are coming up. And I mean, this is the one thing I think, you know, Lytton and everybody is forgetting here is if people like sermons, there are ways to download those sermons off of YouTube. There are ways 
that those sermons are circulating around on YouTube. Um, there are channels. I remember there was a channel before it became a church itself, but there was a channel for a while where the guy was uploading a lot of um, uh, John MacArthur and Steve Lawson and a couple of uh, reformed guys. Uh, he was uploading their sermons to that on a regular basis. Now, we uh, must understand that, you know, uh, whether or not that there are legalities to that, YouTube will uh, allow the makers to flag that and take that off. Uh, you know, take those down if uh, the owners um, want to. But uh, the main thing is uh, there are sermons out there and uh, what apparently happened is the a couple of people found a couple of more of uh, Lytton's sermons out there. There's at least three more as of today, three more that people found and went to JD's um, church's YouTube or, or wherever and looked at the sermons that dealt with those passages in his Roman series. And there is undoubtedly a lot more copying of language, verbatim. Uh, the last one I just saw this morning was a little more in, in Lytton's words, I would say, but they were more paraphrased from JD's uh, words. So the point of this is... is you know, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in Eric on this one. Um, now Eric's not here, but um, I talked with Eric about this last night, and Eric pointed out to me that it's disturbing. Like he he after full disclosure after the first um, after the first incident and uh, things were. Uh, released in the press conferences, uh, press conference, press releases, he said, I'm, I'm more willing to uh, let it go because, you know, whether or not, um, you know, the people like it, it sounds like it was a legit thing and just some things were not done or handled right. Now we have these other incidents that show up. And at, last night, there was two more instances that had shown up at this point. And Eric, uh, in Eric's words, me paraphrasing Eric, as he said, the issue that he has with this is that there is no wrestling with the text by the person preaching it. So in other words, he's looking at Lytton saying there's no wrestling with the text. Hey, what does this text mean? Do I agree with this? Even if I don't agree with this, can I still preach what it's trying to say? Um, getting to the heart of it, how do I make my own church apply it? In other words, you know, this goes back to what we've talked about um, a lot of times on this podcast, is there is no cookie-cutter way when it comes to churches. Um, there are going to be some things that are similar, but we have to design 
things for our particular flocks because our flocks are different. Eric's got a church in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, I grew up, you know, in, in, in the Boston metro region. I was born in Boston, and that's the whole thing is that I know Boston. I'm, I'm, I originally lived in West Roxbury for a time and season. I know what Boston's like, and I know that West Roxbury is not like Charlestown, where he is. So I know that there's a lot of difference between Charlestown and Sutton, where Sutton, we are a farming rural community where I'm at. So there's a lot of differences that happen. And so when we wrestle with the text, it becomes a thing of how do we help our church then apply it? Like we can say there's one application, but for them, it's that thing of helping them understand uh, what is saying. It's it's that thing of understanding, you know, how many of my people actually understand the word of God and how many of my people are still baby Christians that they need uh, more milk than they do meat. So this is where, this is one of the issues that Eric and I have had is that um, there seems to be no wrestling with the text. I agree with Eric in that, that there is no wrestling with the text. There is no study. Um, you know, it, basically, it looks like he's just writing out a manuscript, putting in a few things himself and saying it. And I hate to say it that way, but that's what it's appearing right now. That's how it appears. And I wish I was wrong, but you know, this is, this is where we're at. And we see this where, um, you can go on a website, there's sermon.com, I think, where pastors can upload their, their sermons and other pastors can go up there and download these sermons and use these sermons. You have guys out there like Rick Warren and Greg Rochelle and others who have taken their sermons and allowed people to um, use their sermons to preach to their churches. And the question becomes, is that really what God wants us to do? I mean, somebody would say, well, it's no different than, you know, a church getting up there and reading a letter from Paul. But, you know, those people knew that that letter was from Paul. That's the thing. Um, nobody's preaching these things as if they were from, um, you know, said pastor. In fact, going back to the Driscoll thing, it was, uh, I believe it was a, a mother, wife of somebody in the church who discovered this and then also discovered that the pastor not only uh, was taken Driscoll, but there was there was quite a few. I think they said there was like 80 sermons that she discovered. And so it's something we can't hide. You know, that's that's the thing. This is what we would want to be. You know, we, we talk in the SBC about full transparency, but that's the question is, are we being fully transparent? Um, some people say this is, this is an issue for larger churches. Um, because when you have larger multi-site churches, a lot of people say it becomes tough for the pastor to focus on writing sermons. Well, my thing would be, then maybe he shouldn't be the pastor, or maybe the church needs to break up and those multi-sites need to become individual autonomous 
campuses, you know, or autonomous individual churches, which have their own pastors, which are able to speak into those people. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of things going on right now, which, um, you know, I just find, I find to be disturbing as a pastor. You know, I mean, I struggle. I'll admit I struggle. There are some, there are some weeks I can give a, a good amount of attention to a sermon. Um, there are some weeks where I'm heavily borrowing from, uh, stuff that I'm reading and I'm, I'm giving as much credit as I can, you know, and that's the thing, like, we have to be able to sit there and say, you know, either the name of the the person that we're borrowing the stuff from or how I do it on occasion when I'm quoting from somebody. I'll say a scholar says this, you know, one scholar says or some scholars believe, stuff like that. And we have to do that. But, you know, the main thing is, is that we're wrestling with what's going on. You know, we're, we're able to put together a sermon that makes sense, that um, is applicable to our congregation, and that we know is going to feed them where they're at. So, you know, this has become the big question right now. Um, a lot of people are, you know, really beginning to wonder. Like, I was surprised a couple of Facebook groups I was on this week that I'm a part of, um, they were questioning, they were questioning, like it, it, it seemed very odd to me, but they didn't know of, you know, websites like sermon.com or some of these other avenues that pastors could use to, um, get sermons from. But that is the thing is that there is these avenues that exist and, um, churches, you know, they need to know that, you know, the pastor is able to spend time, you know, I, I have one elder and he's able to do some of the stuff that I can't, um, as I'm preparing sermons right now. Um, he is 72 years old and, um, he's, he's retired from preaching. Um, he, he can get around and do some of the pastoral care. And uh, that's what we've given him as a church. But um, he really, you know, doesn't have the time or the ability to really get up there and preach. And so, uh, you know, one of my things that I'm working on right now is to begin a teaching school um, to, to get my guys so that they can preach the Word of God. Um, so, you know, there are some things there that I'm working on, but... The main thing is, is I can't do that if I'm not sitting there and wrestling with the text and able to then tell them, hey, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to understand about hermeneutics. This is what we have to understand about and be able to teach them um, those things. So when it comes to this plagiarism thing, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. It happens. It's out there. But we need to be um, as truthful as we can be because our integrity is what counts. Um, people find out that a pastor is stealing stuff and that takes a lot from his integrity. That takes a lot 
of of his credit, his his um, you know, there's just so much just disappears when that is what is going on, and people cannot trust their pastor anymore. So. With that said, I'm going to say um, just some food for thought today, and uh, we will get back to business as usual on the next podcast. So Don McKinnon of Legacy Church in Sutton, Massachusetts, signing off for uh, Natalie McKinnon and Eric Malloy, and uh, we will see you again shortly. God bless.